ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official recording of Small Talk with Big Al. I am your host, as usual, Big Al, here with my good friend, Chris. Are we going to use your last name or not? Do you care? I don't really Okay, care. Chris Mills. Chris Mills, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to protect the innocent on this podcast. That's fine. You're not protecting me then. Yeah, fair enough. So, we're coming to you today, and I made this the first episode for a reason. I had a different one planned as the first episode and was going through all this stuff, but we are live. Well, not at the time of you listening. We're not live. But we're currently in a hotel room in Little Rock, Arkansas. What was that? Quotation marks. Quotation marks live. We're currently in a hotel room in Little Rock, Arkansas, and we are roughly uh, like three hours away from um, Metallica taking the stage. And my asshole. Yeah, well, your asshole's gonna uh, take the stage. No, Metallica's gonna take. Oh, my oh, okay. Yeah. I see where we're going with there. Okay, okay, okay. So it's it's a big deal um, because as the intro states, I've seen Metallica. This will be third time for me. Saw them in two thousand and four. Saw them in like two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, and then now in twenty nineteen. Chris, you've never seen Metallica. No, I've I've not. Um... A couple of times I've gotten extremely inebriated and accidentally hallucinated them, but I don't think that those count. I mean, it might count. That's close. It's perception. It's perception. Right. Okay. Hand me your glass. Oh, God. So what I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen, is if we're going to talk a little bit about Metallica before we go see Metallica, we might as well drink Metallica. Now, get your minds out of the gutter. Is that too much? No, <laughs> is that too much? Okay. There's gonna be there's gonna be a follow up podcast about how Al has to carry me to the stadium. That's fine, <laughs> no big deal. So Chris has never seen Metallica yet. Is a very large Metallica fan, much like myself, um, which I felt was an injustice uh, and one that needed to be righted. So uh, Chris drove many hours to meet me in Jackson, and then we drove four more hours on top of that to end up here in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, which was one of the two closest venues we could visit. To see our, our favorite band, or my favorite band, and one of Chris's favorite bands. So let's let's just kind of start this kind of generically. Where did you? What was your first Metallica experience? Period. When did you get introduced to Metallica? Because I remember mine fairly well. Okay, uh, so my first Metallica experience uh, was meeting a guy in sixth grade that really liked to play guitar. Um, and he played Metallica all the time because he got he got bored of playing other things on, Fair on guitar. So yeah, so he really got into Metallica. Um, I was trying to be cool, so, so you too got into yeah, Metallica. There we go. I just Fair kinda, enough. Yeah. Um, for me, it was I was surprisingly enough watching an episode of like that VH1 show where they went behind the scenes of music videos being made. Not pop-up Shit, video. music videos. Okay. But All they right. did music videos. Um, I, I was late introduced to Metallica, and it was the video for um, I Disappear, the song they did for Mission Impossible. Okay. All right. And that was my first real foray into Metallica. Now, I'm sure through assimilation, I had heard clips and bits of other songs by that point. But it was really I Disappear that, that introduced me to that. And then I start listening to some of the backlog. I, I truly forgot that that was a Metallica yeah. song. Yeah. So, yeah. I disappeared, and I you. think the first album I actually bought was, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it actually was Garage Days. No, 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 it was S&M. S&M was the first album I bought. That is extremely refined. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, drink some Merlot, <laughs> 
you sit in your smoking chair. Right, and listen yeah, to them good. play with the right. San Francisco Symphony okay. Orchestra. Yeah, um, And then after that, for some reason, I think the second album I bought was like Ride the Lightning. And then I bought their, their at the time, new album. Oh, God. St. Anger. Talk about a little Oh, God. Now. I mean, seriously? Yeah, man. St. Anger came out in like 03. I, I forget how close to Gandalf's actual age that I am. And that now I'm really fucking depressed. You're not any older and, than me. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying you're young. Like, let's, <laughs> let's be clear well, about what's happening. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, okay. So so two very different starts to Metallica. Um, so you grew up playing Metallica then to try to... to... Okay, so let, let me explain my Metallica playing experience. Okay. Um, I, I would vehemently fail at playing Metallica and then I would play quote play Metallica by raising James Hetfield's uh, parts by four octaves and just doing vocals yeah because James does have a bit of a lower Uh, vocal register than you do yes uh, as you can hear right uh, my vocal register is basically beaker compared to his uh, (laughs) and that's yeah that is my voice tends to hit that uh that hetfield register a little better uh beaker's about as good as i got yeah (laughs) that's fair enough so what was the first metallica song you attempted to play uh nothing else matters okay that was that was probably an intelligent one to start yeah, with. Yeah, so um, the the guy that was my friend, he was obsessed with Dyer's Eve, and he was obsessed with... <laughs> uh, he was obsessed with Dyer's Eve, and he was obsessed with... Uh, with God Lockin. bless your drummer. Um, the, our drummer was on a lot of drugs at the time, and uh, we enough. probably needed him. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's really it. Okay. So uh, mine, I, I went the opposite route. It wasn't a which one of these can I play. It was, oh, this is my favorite song. I should probably learn to play it first. So I started with Seek and Destroy. Okay. And eventually got to it. And I think after that was like for whom, because I really liked the bass part at the beginning. Um, once I realized that that was a bass part and not Kirk Hammett doing that intro, and that it was actually Cliff. Um, I went Man to try to, yeah, yeah, Man a little bit of a champ. champ. So I went to try to do uh, play that and learned it fairly well, and I finally got three or four different Metallica songs in my repertoire that I could comfortably do. Um, I can play parts of other Metallica songs, but that's really my my limit or those four four I, songs in particular. I, I knew pretty early on that the guy that I was hanging out with was going to do fine, and he actually does. He plays in a band now. I think I imagine that they're fucking awesome. Um. And I don't play in a band, and I knew that very, very fucking early. Like, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, we tried to do a band. Yeah, I mean, we we still could, but if we tried to do it professionally, we would be starving to death. And we would. We yeah, would. that's not Th- thirty-two life I'm about. seems a little late to try to start a metal band. Hey, man, thirty-two seems a little early for retirement and starting a metal band. See, so like, that's, there's that's fair. Yeah, there's a back end there. So there's would it be end. like a mid midlife crisis? Slightly, I, slightly further you know, than quarter life crisis. Yeah, I'm not gonna put labels on it. It's, <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. Um, so, what are you expecting tonight, Chris? This, this is. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna record a couple minutes, um, not too, too many before the show, and then we'll come back to you after the show's over. We're gonna record a second segment. Um, so my first 
our first foray into this new podcast is going to be a two-parter, so to speak, that we're just going to air together. But So I guess it's not really a two-parter. Well, it's a two-parter for Two-segmenter. Right, yeah, it's a two-segmenter. Two okay, so uh, several, several years ago, we went to see Tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, after many, many shenanigans, right, we actually saw Tool. And I, that was a very, very good experience. I, I typically only go to very B-list sort of bands that only me right. and six people in Schenectady know. Yeah, and we kind of had that conversation the other day. Yeah, and, and so I, I expect like a fairly high production value, and I expect to not be able to hear anything and maybe not be able to feel my feet. Um, I think one in and, three are probable. I think I'm going to hear things, because unlike small venue shows, which you and I both have attended numerous ones of, um, you're not that close to the speakers in these kind of shows. So it's not as, oh, you don't have that open deafening, ear-ringing yeah. okay. issue that you have at like when we went to see Seven Dust, those multitude of times, and we're standing two inches from a speaker. Okay, well, I mean, also, I assume that they're going to have this delicious Metallica beer at the place, and maybe this I can't hear because the blood lost to my head. That's, so that's possible. So we went to a, uh, a pub last night here in Little Rock. Uh, if I remember the name of it, I'd give them a plug because it was pretty good. Um, they had some really yeah. good shepherd's pie. But they had uh, Metallica has released a Pilsner, the Internight. Yeah, which is, which is such a bad marketing thing. Why is that like, bad marketing? Okay, because if you think... Enter night, right? right. You think about night, and you think about entering something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pilsner is neither of those things. Okay. Right? Okay. Like okay. It's, it's not dark. So it, should, it should have been a darker, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, the enter night porter that makes a lot more sense. Okay. okay. The enter night clear makes. Uh, yeah, that the enter night stout. Yeah. Seems like it would That's, be. But maybe this is. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, I would assume if this does well, they'll probably do more. Yeah. Um. So and I and and we mentioned earlier that we were talking about and soon to see Metallica. So we are drinking Metallica. I don't think I ever mentioned what we're drinking. So uh, Metallica paired with Dave Pickerel, who was once the master distiller at uh, Maker's Mark. He was then the master distiller at Whistle Pig, which is a northeastern distillery. Um, I think they do more rise than they that do bourbon. That sounds like an Eli Roth movie, but it kind of okay. does. Yeah. Um, he recently, unfortunately, passed away. But he paired with Metallica to make this blended whiskey. It's a blend of rye and bourbon and whiskey, um, and they do some sonic aging and stuff. Read about it. Look it up. I'm not going into the details here. Um, but we can do a little quick mini review. Okay. While we're I sitting mean, here, yeah. so what? What are you? What are your impressions of blackened whiskey? Yeah, I mean, it is certainly better than Evan Williams. That's fair. And um, if I had enough of it, I would not be able to remember my name. Um, it definitely has an oakiness. There's some woody character to it, which I think comes from the way they age it. But again, you can read about that on your own. It deals yeah. with blasting a barrel with low-frequency Metallica music or some shit, but you can do that on your own. Yeah, that that sounds like a CIA thing. It does, and it, like... to me it sounded very um, gimmicky. But I have yeah, several this... friends who are whiskey connoisseurs who, who verify that the process really would change the flavor of the whiskey. So it's actually a fairly legit process, apparently, that so... could... Yeah, I, I, and I've, I've got a, a huge confession there. I, I love alcohol, and I love doing stupid stuff after drinking a lot of alcohol. I That's am fair. in no way, shape, or form a connoisseur. So I everything basically tastes like shoe polish to me, and I just sort of – I there, there are people, right? There are people who pretend, oh, man, I, I drink for the taste. It's so good. It just it makes my mouth salivate. 
I get moist. And I'm just like I I drink to make bad decisions and do questionable things that I wouldn't otherwise do. Okay. Um I I do drink for the taste to an extent. Which is why I think the, the, the like the band of alcohol that I like is very thin, because I actually do prefer to drink things that taste good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there's I could probably count the number of, of bourbons that I thoroughly enjoy on one hand, that I like drink it because it genuinely tastes good. Gotcha. I mean, to me, this is something that is growing on me. Like it is a little oaky, which isn't usually my favorite thing in the world, but you get some of that sweetness because of the bourbon. Which I enjoy. And I truly think if this had aged a little longer, it may be even better. So as we get longer into its production life, where we do start getting longer aged bottles of Blackened, sure. yeah. probably would be better. So Blackened, you can buy um, in major markets. So if for some reason this you're from New York or L.A. and you happen to stumble across this podcast, first God off, bless how you in the first. fuck yeah. did you stumble Jesus across Christ. this? Secondly, you can probably go to a store and pick this up. Um Chris and I do not have that luxury. We have to order it. Um, I am even less luxury than Chris because it does not ship to Mississippi. It also doesn't ship to Louisiana or Alabama. So the two closest states to me, nor the state that I live in, can have this liquor shipped to it. So I either have to ship it to you in Florida or I have to ship it to some friends in Tennessee. How did you get this? I I was going to Nashville over Christmas break anyway. Gotcha. So I had it shipped okay. to some friends in Nashville. Um, it runs about $45 a bottle. The shipping pushes it to 70 if you order it online and get it shipped, which is a little steep. But I'm a Metallica fanboy, so I wanted to try it. And it's good. I'll probably order a second bottle at some point to just kind of stow away and let it sit. But we'll see. Um, what song are you most looking forward to hearing this evening, Chris? I. Uh- I am most looking forward to Spit Out the Bone, which I recognize is not a thing that that could happen. So, what Chris is referring to is on Metallica's newest album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, they released a song that may be probably the second or third, maybe the best song they've released in close to two decades. No, yeah, I, I think it's the best in two decades. That's fair. I, I would, yeah. Um, and it's called Spit Out the Bone. It's very quick, kind of a throwback to their um, thrashier roots. And they've been playing it as the op- the first song of the uh, encore for the past, I would say, like every three shows, they do Spit Out the Bone. Um Last night was their first night back after a hiatus, and that song was Blackened, which is one of the three or four that they rotate in. Blackened, um, Battery, battery, yeah. Fight Fire with Fire on rare occasion, and then Spit Out the Bone. So by them not playing it last night, we increased our chance of this song being played by like 10%. Yeah, some, yeah. 10 to 15%. This yeah. increased our chances. So we're pretty hopeful for that. What song do you know that's going to be played or are you most looking forward to? Honestly, probably one. One? That's fair. Um, for me, outside of Spit Out the Bone, it would probably be Seek and Destroy. That's fair. Um, which used to be the closer for the for Metallica during the encore, but they've now moved it to like third in the set, which I'm fine with. Um, but I'm also for Whom the Bell Tolls. I can't wait to hear it again. Just a multitude. I mean, again, I'm a fanboy, so this is something I'm thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to. Um, 
just because I like to hear you wax poetic on this, which would be your least favorite song that you're not looking forward okay. to hearing tonight? <laughs> All right. So um, I, I don't remember. This for MTV Icon? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So MTV Icon. MTV, uh, MTV used to do a series called MTV Icon where they will um, play. They would bring bands on to record. I think the first one they ever did was. Might have been Metallica. Is it, it Metallica or Aerosmith? It was, a very, it was a very long time. The ago. first one was Metallica or Aerosmith, and the second one was the other one. But they brought Metallica to honor them, and they brought all these other bands to play cover songs. Um, for example, the opener was Sum 41, and they did a medley. And knocked it out the park. Did a really good job. Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of the bands did a really, really good job. Um, and for, for whatever reason that I will never understand, uh, Snoop Dogg did a cover... Of uh, Sabbath, yeah, Sabbath, and so now every time I hear the song by Metallica, all I can do is hear the Snoop Dogg version. Which I mean, I'm a, I like Snoop Dogg as much as the next guy, right? Right. Uh, I I don't like Snoop Dogg covering metal songs. Apparently, that's not. I mean, that's a fair statement. That's not a thing. Um, it was basically just Snoop Dogg, like sort of lazily saying words out of the chorus maybe they were in order maybe they weren't in order it was just a thing right like i mean i think i would be equally pissed off by a metallica cover of gin and juice like that's just not that's not a thing that i would personally uh, want to deal with i don't know man that yeah. might be good <laughs> i mean I'd, I'd try anything once right um, but yeah, I mean, so Savagery was sort of ruined for me, and I guess that's a thing that they do at every show. I mean, maybe, maybe it, it, it brings Sad But Drew back for me. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe it's... hearing it live revives it for you, um, because they do play that one at every show. Um, uh, just speaking of that show, Avril Lavigne also did a cover of Fuel, which Jesus makes Christ. that my least favorite song that we may hear. Um, and again, it's not a song I hate. Because it's still Metallica, no, and it's, it's non-Saint Anger Metallica, so it'll be fine. Holy. But man, was that terrible! My um, uh, my favorite memory of that though is is thinking, sort of like internalizing. My God, what the hell is happening? Is someone dying? Like I don't I don't know. It, it feels like uh, which led you to research something even worse. Correct. Yeah. So apparently, uh, Avril Lavigne did a cover of Chop Suey in a bar, right? And somebody was nice enough to record it for the rest of humanity. Nice enough is that's questionable. Um, I, I mean, I I feel like it's rock and roll history, right? If you can call Avril Lavigne rock and roll, I, it, it's as close to rock yeah. and roll history as you can be. And apparently, no, not apparently. I, I witnessed this firsthand. You can go. Uh, we you used to get it on Kazaa. You can probably YouTube it. Yeah, so you can actually hear beer bottles bursting against the wall um, as people are throwing beer at this poor girl for her terrible to play life decision. Top suey. Uh, yeah. So in in the grand scheme of Avril Lavigne life decisions that are maybe not great. Um, of which Chad I'm Kroger. sure there are a fucking it, Chad Kroger. That's, that's got to be up there. Up there. Uh, playing chop suey in a bar. And then fuel. Uh, and then fuel. And apparently maybe she's dead and we don't really know. Maybe we'll get into that people. on a podcast at some point. Apparently yeah. there's rumors that Avril may be dead and a body double is creating Christian music in her name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really follow Avril Lavigne all that much. But, no, I can't know. say that I do either. I can't say that I do either. But if you did want to look up some of the other good songs that were done that night, 
Um, I believe it was Limp Biscuit doing Sanitarium, and the boys in Limp Biscuit actually did a pretty good job of that. Um, that Corn did one, which was wonderful. And I want to say that Aaron Lewis of Stained did either Unforgiven or Nothing Else Matters. I think it was Nothing Else Matters. But I yeah, think I it was, but it may have been Unforgiven as well. Um, so, well, that's where we're going to leave you for now, guys. Um, we're getting ready to walk about 30 minutes. Less than that, probably, but it is really cold outside. I'm real slow. Um, and I'm slow, too. I'm not built for quickness. Um, we're going to go to the Verizon Arena, and we're going to pick up our free merch that we got for having a VIP ticket. Fuck big, yeah. Big balling. And uh, then we're going to go watch Metallica. And when we get back, we'll come back and talk to you again. And I'm going to be talking real loud. Yeah. yeah, Chris will be talking real loud um, and probably be quite drunk. Um, I will not be, but I might not have a voice anymore. So, you know, give and take. Yeah, it's going to be a Penn and Teller thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, There's a good chance of that. That's going to be weird. So, y'all have a great time in this small... I mean, I'm, we're not going to, like, pause and force you to listen to... Four hours. Six hours of nothingness while Four we... Four hours of hold music. We're, we're, we're going to do like a, you know, a, a quick little jingle so you'll know that K-G. there's a transition. I might try to get... That'd probably be kind of expensive, though. He seems kind of douchey. He probably charges a lot. What, a Kenny G Metallica what? cover? Is... Or just a Kenny G song to use as like the transition to the next segment. You could just turn the Weather Channel on. True. Uh, at On an 8. Valid. And then just on record the shit out of it. <laughs> Just yeah. Locals on the goddamn oh, yes. eight. Fucking public that is access. My jam. Public access. Anyway, we'll see you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, post Metallica. Post. Uh, I don't want to give them a free plug. Post uh, that restaurant with the clown. Um, it was really clutch. He saved the day, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. So he wow, did. what a um, hell of a show. Um, we're not going to take up too much of your time. It's late. It's after midnight. We're back in the hotel room. Just wanted to give you all some closure to the oh, section yeah. from earlier. Um, so the first half of the show was a little bit rough for me because I was going through, a, uh, I don't know why, I just had a random anxiety attack that attacked. But once that was finished, I had a great time. Um, <clears throat> but I, and I'm sure the people, whoever the people are, are more interested in your opinion because this was your first shindig with Metallica so thoughts yeah so um, not, not only is this my first shindig with Metallica this is I, I think I said this earlier this is my first shindig with a large band that's known outside of a community of 15 people probably so uh, I think what my major takeaway from it was that everybody seemed to have a very good time and everybody was a hell of a lot of people and what, what did they say 8,000 I think uh, was what they said the, the venue I was held. obviously not paying attention to that part I thought but I heard that it was it was it was very 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 good I, I, I think I posted in our group chat that I had not been to church in 17 years and this was my favorite visit and I think that that pretty much that's a that's a pretty good uh, synopsis yeah. um, some of the highlights of course it's always interesting to me you saw a little bit of it tonight, but not a lot. But typically when I've seen Metallica, this is my third time, you don't see a lot of moshing or, or any of that. And there were a couple that broke out. Very small. Very contained small. Contained pits. But it really is, and you've made the analogy, so I'll go with it. It really is kind of, I know it's cliche to say, but kind of a religious experience. Yeah. For some of the crowd, you can tell just the way they're kind of entranced. Yeah, I was thinking about it, right? So um, they had pictures of, of Cliff. 
like on the yeah. cube things. And I was thinking about like the very famous Harvester of Sorrow video that goes around the yeah. internet, right? And basically, like Moscow was the mosh pit. And yep. I was thinking, like, those people are having a very similar experience. And I, I think one of the things that happens, right, is the ticket price makes you very weary of getting kicked out of the venue. That's fair. And then didn't you're stop like, the pot smokers. It did not. And God bless you, whoever you were, two rows down. Um, <laughs> you were doing God's work uh, this evening. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that that's probably it. Uh, it, it. Oh, it, would, it happened when you were gone, but there was actually a, a girl just, like, flat passed out in the middle of the uh, that ain't like, good. general admission. Yeah, and people were trying to get, uh, like, the attention of the, right, right, right. whoever dudes, and James Henfield actually had to get their attention to be like, hey, go pick that lady up. And nobody trampled on this woman and killed her, which I found... And- Amazing. I'll say, like, metal, obviously people think metal, they think mosh pits, and they think people would just be, you know, growling and just this visceral, violent form of music. But I've, I've always felt that, you know, at shows, metalheads typically tend to look out for each other. And, I mean, you know, if a pit's going on and somebody gets knocked down, they all stop, they pick them back up, you know, that kind of shit. So I've always kind of been um, intrigued by that. Uh, it is such a visceral form of music, but... You get that camaraderie, that, that, that family atmosphere that kind of emanates from it for some reason. Um, favorite song that you heard tonight, or particular rendition? You know, I, I mean, honestly, it's going to be Sivan Ben, because, like, holy shit. So, so as we stated <laughs> before in the earlier pre-set, pre-show segment, um, we had about a uh, 33% chance or so yeah, of getting spit, like that, yeah. and we got it. Um, I, I could tell when they just did the very slight bit of intro for it that that's what we were going to get, and it was pretty euphoric. Um, that was awesome. This particular, and I sent several messages out right when it happened, and we both noticed it pretty quickly, that um, one and master were probably pay, played at least one and a half times speed. That is yeah. the fastest I've ever heard those two songs played, and it was amazing. I know that Al does more research on the internet than I do about these kinds of things, and I, I'm just not very good at pop culture in general, but apparently some people were saying that Lars and Kurt were getting old and like not doing it. And typically, where, where I saw that, to, to provide some context, um, and why people should not be so hasty to, to jump on artists, was uh, a video of... Metallica playing spit out the bone and in it Lars misses a couple of fills um, his double bass is not as on point as it should be and it causes the the beat to get a little bit off which caused Kurt to mess up some um, but what people don't realize in the context of it is that's one of the first times that spit out the bone was ever played live so there were going to be some kinks to, to to get out but um yeah uh, ain't neither one of those guys lost a step I will say right now, Lars Ulrich is kind of old. Kind of old. And Lars kinda Ulrich douchey. is kind of a corporate douche. Kind of a douche. And Lars Ulrich will still kick your ass. Like, yeah. that is, yeah. <laughs> those three things are absolutely true. So, I mean, did he do the double bass parts in, in Spit? No. But that's because he did do the double bass parts in one, in, in every puppets, in every thing other else. song yeah. prior to I the mean, encore. 
Holy shit. It was yeah, insane. Like, he ran the Dan Marathon. He did, and uh, it was incredible. Hats off. I, I also have to say that uh, Seeking Destroy was absolutely incredible. Yeah. It, it is a song that is five times better live than not yep. live. Yep, Seek's pretty great. Um, the crowd participation as a whole is pretty stellar. Um, they do some really, you know, cool stuff. They brought out these little boxes that were actually like electronic drum sets. Yes. That the all boxes. four members went and played, which were pretty cool. Um, that was a kind of a cool little little thing that they did. Um, um, and then Moth to Flame, they had uh, some drones that fly around. That's right. I knew that was a thing. I uh, missed that. I went to the bathroom. Yeah, it was. Hate I missed that. One. Uh, it was pretty great. And then, um, yeah, they closed it out with with Spit and Nothing Else Matters and Sandman, which were all incredible. Um, Kirk destroyed the solo and Nothing Else Matters. It was phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, overall great show. Uh, third time, it was third time, just as amazing as the first two for me. Um, so for any of my friends out there that are listening, it's not been a Metallica show. I've been popping Metallica cherries left and right. Let me be your Sherpa. <laughs> Let me be your Sherpa to the mountain. <laughs> the shag carpeting is wonderful. It's it's really nice. And af- afterwards, we'll get in a car and go get some shitty McDonald's. Oh, shit. Oh, God right. damn it. I said, oh, I said it. God. I said Speaking it. of corporate shit. I said it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the first, what I didn't think would be the first episode of uh, Small Talk with Big Al, but it is indeed the first episode, and probably not the last one where you'll hear from Chris. Um, You can imagine you're going to be a recurring guest. Probably safe to set. I can only So y'all have a lovely evening. We're going to fall asleep now, because we've got a lot of driving to do tomorrow. Later. Peace.